looking at 1 John chapter 3, verses 11 through 19, in which John is conversing with the church. He's having a conversation with us. He's asking us and telling us, hey, listen, we need to love like God loves. I want to tell you guys a quick story, something that happened to me a few years ago. I used to work for a company called Rich Camera, and it was a pretty good job. I had no complaints about the job. I actually enjoyed the job quite a bit. I used to develop film inside those actual labs. Um, I was just a film developer, basically. But we also sold cameras. And this particular day was a great day for me. Um, I had done quite a few uh, dollars in sales and had an individual at the end of the night who walked in, who literally walked in with $1,000 in cash, he walked in with $1,000, 10 $100 bills. He had a stack of them, but he pulled off 10 to buy this camera. And what was interesting is, is that the $100 bills he pulled off that he had, they looked just like $100 bills. They looked exactly like $100 bills. I mean, to a T. I mean, the detail was absolutely amazing. When we tallied up at the end of the night, we stepped at, at the end of the night, tally up all of our money. My manager, who happened to have a marker, those marker pens, he took the marker pen and he marked the $100 bill. And all of a sudden, it changed the color to indicate that it was a counterfeit. He marked the next $100 bill and all of a sudden, it gave the indication that it was a counterfeit, and he kept marking them. He just kept going down the line, man. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I had given this guy, man, all this expensive camera equipment, man, for these counterfeit $100 bills. We had to turn it in to the police. The FBI came in the next day, and when they got there, they interviewed me, interviewed my boss, and they wanted to know, you know, the description of the gentleman. We gave them the description, gave them as much information as we can to help them be able to apprehend the person who had passed off these counterfeit $100 bills. Now, there's an interesting thing that happened here. In our dialoguing with them, great guys, by the way, I asked them, how do you know what a real $100 bill looks like versus a fake $100 bill? And you know what they told me? This is very interesting. Pay close attention. They told me they don't study fake $100 bills. What they do is is they study real ones really, 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 really well. They study the way they feel. They study all the detailed information in them. They look at everything about the $100 bills. Now, the ones we have now, again, are a lot different because the ones we have now, they have an actual piece of metal that's inside here, but the ones back then did not have that. So it was easy to pass off these $100 bills. But what he said made so much sense. He said they studied the real ones. They looked at the real ones. They didn't look at the fake ones. They just looked really, 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 really long and really studied the detail of a real $100 bill. And it made me think of something when I was preparing this message. How do we know what a true follower of Christ looks like? How do we know who they are? You know how we know them? because we study them. We study our brothers and sisters and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We look to see if they are who they say they really are. And we base it on the information we have from the Word of God. 
The Bible says something very interesting. It says you will know them by their fruits. You've never, ever planted a tree and it grew the same day. Let me say that again. You've never, ever planted a tree and it grew the same day. Listen, you've never, ever planted anything and it grew the same day. Why does that matter? That matters because just like the agent indicated to me, you have to study it. You have to study that $100 bill. You have to study the people that are calling themselves brothers and sisters in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when we study them according to the scripture, according to the word of God, we will get to know them over time. And as we get to know them over time, we're going to know them by their fruits. Now, why is this so important? Why is this so important, Pastor? Well, it's simple. It's important because basically what's happening is, is that Jesus is giving us a command. And the command is really simple. And we said this last week, but we're going to say this verse again. John 15, 12. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I love you. Let me say that again. Love each other in the same way I love you. Why is that so important? Why is that so important? Because Jesus loved us enough to lay down his life. Jesus loved us enough to lay down his life. When you seriously love someone, you are willing to make the sacrifices that need to be made to show your appreciation for them, to show your love for them. We've all seen it happen time and time again. We've seen parent after parent, husband after husband, wife after wife, mother after mother, father after father, family after family, best friends after best friends, lay down their life for someone. But we've especially seen it with parents with their kids. Think of all the times you've seen something happen to a child where all of a sudden the parent, without even thinking, makes the mad dash to go and retrieve or rescue their child. That's a pure indication of love, isn't it? If I say to you, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you run out into the middle of the road right here in front of this big semi and grab that lost dog of mine? Not too many people are going to do that. Most people are just going to look at me like I'm crazy. The first thing they're going to say to me is, you big dummy, why'd you let your dog loose off the chain into the freeway? That's what they're going to say to me. They're not going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll go out there and do it. Listen, we love our superheroes, right? We love to see Superman, right, leaping over tall buildings in a single bound, faster than a speeding bullet. But in reality, we know that that is not the case. Most of us have normal human strength, and we're putting ourselves into normal situations. And so when we go above and beyond, when we go above and beyond and we do the extraordinary like Jesus did, by exemplifying our love, we become heroes. We become heroes. We see firemen do it all the time. Firemen will run into a burning building to rescue and save people that they do not know. What do we call them? We call them heroes. We see military individuals who will see an individual, who will see a, 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 a brother or sister in arms that is laid down after being shot or injured take their lives and put their lives in harm's way to rescue that individual. And this is what God is saying here. This is what God is saying here. God is saying, listen, we need to learn how 
to be sacrificial in all that we do. We need to learn how to be sacrificial in all that we do. Jesus makes that clear. He makes that clear. And so John is coming back and John is talking to the church. And 1 John 3.16, he says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Listen, we need to be willing to give up ourselves, make the sacrifice for our brothers and sisters. Well, pastor, that's asking an awful lot. That's asking an awful lot. I mean, you're asking me to give up my life, to put myself down, possibly. I'm not asking you to do anything. Listen, I'm going to be 100 with you, man. Real talk. I mean, I still got to learn how to do this better. <laughs> this is asking a lot of anybody. And so I'll be the first one to admit, I'm not necessarily looking to lay my life down, man, or the, the, the altar, man, for somebody who, you know, not that they're not important, but, you know, God bless you, brother. Maybe it was your time just to go home and see the Lord, you know, for lack of better words. But what he's saying to us, though, is that we need to learn how to get to that point. We need to learn how to get to that point. If we can learn how to get to that point, man, we are exemplifying the purest, truest form of God's love. Why is that so important? Because brothers and sisters, my friend, every single day, we are striving as followers of Christ to look more like our Heavenly Father. And how do we do it? We do it by exercising our faith in the things of God, in the things he's called us to exercise our faith in. We do it by exemplifying our love to each other. Listen, not just to each other, but to even those that may not have as much value in our lives. There's a story of a um, of a, a young lady who was captured um, and during the World War II period. And it's an interesting story because this sister, what she ended up doing was she ended up being captured. She was a Christian and she ended up getting getting put into a concentration camp. And the concentration camp she was in was mixed with communists, Jews, just a hodgepodge of people that the Nazis did not like. And every day, every day, every day, the Gestapo, the SS would call the people's name that it wanted to call that they were going to execute for that day. And this particular day, this lady's name came forward, a Jewish lady who had a child. And they called her name. And as people were marching to their death, as they were marching to go get in line to go to the gas chamber to be gassed, they called her name. And everybody was fearful. Everybody, of course, every time this happened, people would back up. They knew, oh, here we go. Who's going to die today? They backed up. And this particular day, this Christian young lady, when the mother's name was called, she jumped up and she ran and got in line for the mother so that the mother could stay around for her daughter, at least for another day, at least for another day. She knew that when the guard made the call, he wasn't checking, he didn't care. They were just a number anyway, as far as, as, far as they were concerned. So they, didn't, they weren't concerned with who the people were. And she got in line and she went to her death that day for that mother. Listen, it had such a tremendous impact. It had such a tremendous influence on so many people in the camp. There were people who were communists, there were people who were atheists, there were people who were Jew of Jewish descent. There were people who wondered why 
would she do it? Why would she put her life on the line for somebody that she didn't even know? My friend, may I tell you why she did it? She did it because she believed wholeheartedly in exercising this very scripture that John is indicating to us. She took it to heart. She took it to heart 100% and she exercised it. And guess what happened? By doing so, she caused so many people in the camp to want to know more about Jesus. They wanted to know more about Jesus. And so many people came to the Lord in that camp. Why? Our Christian faith is based on hope. It's based on hope. It's based on an assurance that after this life is a better life for us. And that's what we have to remember. That's what we have to remember. We cannot get caught up into the things of this world. We can't get caught up in this system. She laid her life down on the line that day for that mother, not knowing if that mother the next day would go on to see her daughter still be her child and not go not become either executed or go into adoption. But nonetheless, she didn't care about that. She gave up her life for that lady. Listen, first point, your sacrificial love will cause others to see the sacrificial love of Christ towards them. Let me say it again. Your sacrificial love will cause others to see your sacrificial love of Christ towards them. When we, my friend, when we step out of our comfort zone and make a sacrifice. Now, again, I know that's a hard story. Whoa, Pastor, that's deep. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Again, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to be 100 with you. I'm not even there yet, man. But what's the point? The point is that we're called to work on it to get to that point. Maybe you'll never have to put your life on the line for a brother or sister. You might not ever have to do it. God willing, we won't ever have to do that. But man, when we make a sacrifice of ourselves for someone else, even just in something as simple as just helping them out financially, helping them out financially. You know, if I go in my pocket right now and pull this $100 bill out right now, and if I hand this $100 bill to the, cat, to the guy that's operating this camera right now, because I see he's a brother in need, what am I doing? I'm making a sacrifice. I'm giving of something that has value, that has value to me. And because I'm giving of it, I'm sacrificing something. I'm sacrificing something in my life. In other words, I'm killing something in my life. I'm dying to something in my life. And by doing so, I'm being a blessing. Listen, your sacrificial love will cause others to see the sacrificial love of Christ towards them. Christ's love towards them, my friend. You got to get that. First Corinthians 13, 1 through 3 says this. If I could speak with all the languages of earth and angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sanctified my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. 
I would have gained nothing. Listen, my friend, why does this matter? It matters because love is the most important thing that we have as believers. Love is the most sacrificial thing we can give. When we give our love like God gave his love to us, my friends, we look like God. We look like God. Listen, the world wants to know what is this love? The world wants to know what is this love? The people in that camp wanted to know what is this love that she's willing to sacrifice herself when we show our forgiveness towards those who we love, who have hurt us, we are blessed. But, but when we show our love towards those who doesn't love us or know us from Adam, we look like Christ. Let me say that again. When we show our love towards an individual who doesn't love us, they don't care about us, they don't even like us, and we show them love, we show them God's love anyway, man, we look like Christ. We look like Christ, our Lord and Savior. And that's important because as believers, my friend, again, we should always want to imitate our Father. We should always want to imitate Him. This is the love the world wants to know. How is it possible? They will question. They will ask. They must know. How is this possible? They looked at that young lady and wanted to know, how is this possible? It was possible because she kept looking to her Lord and Savior. She kept looking to her Lord and Savior. And when God called her and told her to lay down her life that day for that person, she didn't hesitate. She didn't question. She moved according to the will and the plan of God, her father. That day, my brothers and sisters, she was raised up in heaven and was given a glorious crown for her obedience to God. Listen. This world will pass away. These things we have, the money we have, this stuff is not going to last. We can't take this stuff with us. So when God's asking you to move and to do something, just be obedient. Your obedience will always be better. It will always be better than you can ever imagine when you're just willing to step out of your comfort zone and move according to God's plan. Listen, my friend. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. First Peter 4 and 8 says, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. My friend, hate is the opposite of love. Hate is the opposite of love. Just like oil is the opposite of water. They cannot mix. If you set fire to oil and try to toss water on it to put it out, it'll spread and cause the fire to burn worse than it was before it was just oil in the one concentrated area. It'll burn worse. No. You know how you extinguish fire? You know how you extinguish fire? You know how you extinguish hate? You smother it. You smother it. You smother it. You smother it. You suffocate it. And this is what Christ is saying to us as his followers, as believers. Smother them in the love, my friends. Smother them in the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You may be the only example that they get to see. 
Yeah, but they're in the church with me, though, Pastor. They are. But you know what? So many people have experienced church hurt. I know a multitude of people that have experienced church hurt. I've counseled a multitude of people that have experienced church hurt. And I reassure them. I reassure them. They just need to grow. They just need to mature more in the love of God. But don't you take that, my friend, and be a hurt person who hurts people. Don't you become that. No, you take that and you channel that negative energy into love. Don't let that fire burn out of control. Smother it with love. You smother it with love. Don't try to put on the fake facade of love because deep down inside is the burning of the oil of hatred. And just throwing water on it will only make it burn out of control. It'll only make it burn out of control. Don't be fake. Be genuinely real. Tell God you're hurting. Tell God that this individual has hurt you. They have scarred you. And God, my friend, will help you. He will heal you. But you have to then go out and exercise the very principles that the scripture tells us to exercise. Love those who don't love you. The pastor, where does it say that? It says all through the scriptures. When Christ is telling you to turn the other cheek so they can smack your other cheek. Now, that's a strong statement. Turn the other cheek so they can smack your cheek. Oof. If, if your enemy wants the shirt off your back, give him the coat too. Oof. That's a powerful statement. But look at what God is saying. God is saying, always exemplify my love. My friend, smother them with love. Extinguish the fiery flames of hell that is welled up in that individual with the love of God. With the love of God. Titus 3 and 3 says, We used to be stupid, disobedient, and foolish, as well as slaves of all sorts of desires and pleasures. We were evil and jealous. Everyone hated us, and we hated everyone. Why is this so important? Because we've all been there. We've all been the individual that couldn't stand somebody. We hated people. My friend, to hate, according to Scripture, is just as bad as murder. Let me say it again. To hate, according to the Word of God, is just as bad as murder. The Bible talks clearly about us not putting our head to rest at night without going and repenting and asking for forgiveness of an individual maybe we had an out with. Me and Sister Mel, we've had our, we've had our battle. We've gotten older and we've, we've gotten more mature in our walk and our relationship, not only with God, but with each other. We used to have battles. <laughs> we used to have battles. They weren't to the point of hate. Thank God they weren't to the point of hate. But we had some battles. But I can tell you, I can tell you, we never ever went to bed that night without resolving the problem. We always addressed it and resolved it. And we always repented to each other and asked each other for forgiveness and then loved on each other. First of all, as husband and wife, but then also as believers in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen. Titus makes it very clear. We are new creatures in our Lord. We are new creatures. We are not the same we used to be. We are not the same individuals in the world. The people in the world, my friend, they are the very first part of that. 
They're the very first part of that, disobedient and foolish, doing stupid things, as well as slaves of all sorts of desires and pleasures. And they were evil and they're jealous a lot of times. And they hate people and people hate them. We're not that anymore. That's what Titus is saying here. We are now new creatures in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Listen, I said it before, people in the church will always get on your nerves. They will always drive you crazy. They will always do things, man, that will push buttons in you. But what you have to learn how to do, my friend, is love past that point. Galatians 5, 22 through 25 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Notice the first one, love. Love, love, love. That's the first one. It'll produce joy. It'll produce peace. It'll produce patience, kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness. But the very first thing it produces is love. Gentleness and self-control. Listen, my friend, when somebody's getting on your last nerve, your last one, I'm talking about your last one, your last one, you have to have self-control. You have to ask God to give you a spirit of gentleness. Because guess why? When you do that, my friend, then you will have the other pieces. You will have joy in your life. You'll have peace in your life. You'll even have patience in your life. You'll learn how to get more patient, become more kind. And you'll also learn the goodness of God's greatness. And you'll also find out, my friend, you'll also find out what it really means to be walking in God's faithfulness because you'll reflect on all the stupid things you used to do like we talked about in Titus. You'll reflect on how that used to be you. But it all starts with love. All of it starts with love, my friend. 1 John 3, 16 through 19 says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well, and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. He calls us to be the example, my friend, for all to see. Jesus was the example for all of us to see. How much of an example was he for us to see? He was enough of an example to humiliate himself in front of the entire world. Let me say that again. How much of an example was he? Enough of an example to humiliate himself in front of the entire world. Think about that. Think about that. Reflect on that. Are you being an example enough for the world to see? Are you being an example enough for the world to see? Are you? Are you willing to follow in the footsteps of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. We pray and ask to God that you would be with us today, that you would guide, lead, and direct us, that you would give us the insight, the wisdom, and the understanding of your scriptures. Whew, Lord, we got a lot we have to work on, dear God. We got a lot of things, dear God, according to your holy word, dear God, that we need to change in our lives. We cannot do it on our own. We just can't. We need your superhuman strength. We need your superhuman power. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit, dear God, to change us from the inside out. Dear God, I pray and ask, dear God, that you would just give us, dear God, what we need to be a better example, 
for those around us to see that the world may be able to see who we are in you and that they may say, I want what they have. I need what they got. I want that love. Help them to see it, dear God, and help us to be the example for them to see. We know we can't do it on our own, dear God, so we're asking you to help us. Thank you for hearing our prayer. We give you all the praise and glory and honor. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Pierce Podcast. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.